circle. This is Ed Angeles. We're now on season two, episode 30 of this podcast. And this time we'll be discussing another interesting topic about the low-code paradigm and its remarkable gain to software business development. For today's podcast episode, we have invited Mr. Swaminathan Ganison. Head of Pre-Sales from Nugent Software, based in Singapore, as he shares with us his valuable insights on low-code methodology and its considerable importance to our virtual economy. So let's get started. Thank you for listening to FinCircle and welcome to our podcast. Low-code or no-code applications are quickly becoming the technology of choice for many people in the digital workplace. According to the recent research from Gartner, 70% of new applications developed by organizations will use low-code or no-code technologies by 2025, up from less than 25% in 2020. The corresponding rise of low-code application platforms, or most commonly known as LCAPs, is driving the increase of citizen development and the growth of business technologists who report outside of IT departments and create technology or analytics capabilities for internal or external business use. This is shifting the way applications are built. Applications development will shift to assembly and integration with the teams that use them assembling and composing them. In fact, it's likely the percentage of new applications developed in LCAP environments will go way beyond the 70% predicted by Gartner. None of this should be surprising. Skill shortages in the technology industry have been well documented and in terms of application and platform development, the problem has become urgent. The recent research from Boston-based Mendix indicated that the demand for developers has reached a fever pitch among IT professionals. Nearly 6 in 10, or indicatively at 57%, says that the number of staff needed for software development is increasing, while the cost of software development is rising, indicatively at 61%. For many enterprises, the solution is an LCAP, or low-code application. According to Mendix State of Low-Code 2021 report, 
based on a survey of 2,025 IT professionals across six countries. 77% of enterprises have already adopted low-code to meet these shortages. And 75% of IT leaders says it's a trend they cannot afford to miss. The research underscores that the trend towards low-code adoption is helping enterprises accelerate the pace of development by democratizing how software is being built to include business users. Low-code, the report said, has the potential to bring major software projects back on track while keeping costs down and using the hidden technical talent which is already in the organization. In organization that uses low-code, more than half, which is equivalent to 56% of employees are now using apps built on low-code platforms. Two out of five low-code users reported more collaboration, faster development and lower cost, and that low-code projects reduce cost by 53% and happen faster at 56%. So low-code solutions are becoming central to business operations. Among those using low-code, 33% have used it to build mission-critical applications. Software developers acknowledge and welcome its flexibility, saying that half of their everyday development, work 51%, could be done on a low-code platform. There are other drivers to adoption, which was mentioned by Isaac Goh, a research analyst at Nucleus Research. He said that with business prioritizing the digital transformation of the daily operation and processes, many to basically use low-code or no-code tools because of the lower costs and decreased technical barriers to entry. He also pointed that business that require flexibility and agility in their tech stacks can use a low-code enabled business process management or even robotic process automation which automates and digitize business processes or even an LCAP to develop enterprise applications internally. The Nucleus research interviewed LCAP and BPM users and found that professional developers can use the tools to complete the tasks two to three times faster than with traditional developer tools. And low-code tools also enables business users and uh, system developers to lend their expertise to reduce friction between IT and end users and create standardized processes of applications that require less IT intervention and better match the use cases. With evolving customer expectations and changing market needs after the pandemic, enterprises across industries have accelerated their digital transformation initiatives. They also have realized the need to be faster than their competition, build and offer new digital application, as well as improve existing application with speed and agility. This has been mentioned by Arvind Jha, the Senior Vice President of Software Development at McLean. And there are a number of other reasons why enterprises should consider an LCAT. Number one, it's faster go-to-market. The low-code helps reduce enterprise application development time considerably. And an LCAP web-based drag-and-draft features, for instance, and reusable application components help speed up the application design process. And this also ensures that organizations can bring 
their application to market faster and incorporate changes in a very short notice. Number two, this also increased customer satisfaction. And in today's digital world, as well as digital native customers, they expect organizations to offer experiences they are used to while using consumer applications. And low-code enables organizations to integrate faster with multiple services, thereby ensuring a consistent omni-channel experience. Number three, it also lower IT infrastructure costs. Low-code application supports cloud and hybrid developments, offering on-demand scalability and reducing upfront capex or capital expenditure significantly. Low-code guarantees faster innovation and lesser time without adding to IT headcount, for instance. Number four, more efficient application governance. Many IT teams spend significant time in application and data governance activities, including security certifications, continuous upgrades, performance measurements, and compliance checks. Low-code enables IT and DevOps to manage a portfolio of applications more efficiently with full capability of compliance and governance. And last but not the least, better IT governance. As this low-code reduces dependency on quick-fix third-party applications and enables a collaboration-driven work environment this also reduces shadow IT and promotes a standard modeling environment by doing away with data, process, and security vulnerabilities. In today's podcast episode, we'll be talking to Mr. Swaminathan Ganison, Head of Pre-Sales in Asia-Pacific from Nugent Software, presently based in Singapore, as he walks us through the significant relevance of the low-code solution to our present digital economy. It's great to have you, Swami, and welcome to FinCircle. Edgar, thanks. Thanks for having me on the FinCircle podcast. It's great being here today. Yeah. Let's probably start by defining on what is low-code methodology in the context of open source, as well as its value proposition to our present virtual economy. Well, yeah, uh, I think low-code is something which is really uh, changing the way business have been uh, addressing their technology needs, right? So uh, low-code, uh, in, in my view, or in the industry view as well, is a mix of various things. But the, the essence of that is to enable the citizen development, right? So that the end users themselves are able to put up their use cases much better. So it includes various aspects like citizen development tools, uh, intelligent business products automation, it includes robotic process automation, includes AI and ML uh, aspects of the solution, right? But yeah, it's one of the methodologies uh, which industry has widely adopted these days uh, to get out of the modernizing, to get, get into the modernization aspect of the uh, technology and also uh, replatforming the legacy applications, right? This is one of the exciting tools which allows you to move on to cloud, uh, use your CI, CD, framework so that you are able to continuously update your app, right? And also allow you to have a robust and sophisticated integration methodologies, right? So that you are able to uh, make it much more seamless and faster and experience is something which is uh, a top-notch, right? For all the stakeholders who are coming into the system, right? Uh, in terms of low-code, uh, uh, you know, we have even seen a very great adoption and this has moved into a segment of hyper-automation, right? Where all of this are coming together and it is driving and giving more business value. Even you know, the leading analysts like Gartner's and Forrester's, they are strongly advocating this and it's, it's a kind of a 100 billion USD market uh, by 2030, right? That's the kind of the space we are looking at. And uh, even there are uh, terms like composable enterprise. It's what uh, Gartner's are talking about where uh, the enterprise have to be uh, looking at uh, enterprise architecture in a modular manner. It should be able to orchestrate and it should have autonomy, right? And that's what uh, we do practice in Eugen. 
and our mantra is unlock simple right that's why that's how we are able to enable your uh, stakeholders be it customers partners internal external uh, stakeholders within our ecosystem to be more connected and more agile to the changing business needs yeah what are the most challenging hurdles that you have encountered in relation to a low code platform implementation and what are your relevant takeaways from these experiences uh so again low code uh, uh, brings in different kind of uh, benefits and as well there are definitely uh, teething issues uh, once in a while uh, you know you have a flat tire as you run down the highway right uh, some of the challenges it's more uh, culture driven right the change management within the organization to make sure everybody embraces low code that's something we have seen uh, as one of the major challenges right uh to make sure the citizen developers are able to take up the platform and they are able to collaborate seamlessly with the professional developers because it's a lookout is a kind of a, a a game where everybody has to come together including business it as well as your uh, uh, you know experienced team right all of them has to have to come together to put up the uh journeys which they are thinking would be would making sense for their end customers right i think that's one of the key uh, challenges uh, which a lot of organizations are overcoming the second key aspect would be to consider the use case right so it's not like you know trying to take up the most complex use case putting it onto the uh, uh, churn and then we say hey low code it's not giving the results as expected right so it's always a, a right mix of value proposition or end user value stakeholder value maximization which we are always looking at so that you have high impact processes to make sure uh, you know the the tool is very well utilized to deliver those capabilities right these are some of the, uh, the thoughts i have uh, yeah definitely i don't want to make it too deep at this point definitely we can deep dive as we go along the way yeah from your perspective swami do you consider low code strategy as the game changer for a successful digital transformation i'll say this is one of the uh, key ingredients right towards uh, digital transformation definitely right so it's not just putting up a mobile app or a uh, internet page is going to change the way customers are looking at it uh, from a organization point of view it's going to be an end to end experience uh, which matters be it a customer complaint management or if i'm issuing a credit card or personal loan to somebody right i should be able to connect the complete journey across uh, the channel as well as the back end where the staff from a bank or insurance company or a contact center is working on and they are able to uh, you know look at a end to end experience from a customer point of view i think that's one of the key uh, aspects where low code is one of the components of the complete uh, you know framework right uh, i believe it's a, it's, it's a, it has already started uh, disrupting and uh, if you look at uh, the growth aspect right every year it's growing at a 30% uh, growth right so 2020 we had a prediction of 20 to 25% and then from then on it's like another 30% growth and in 2022 we are looking at further 30% jump from there right so overall in 2021 itself it's like almost 14 billion uh, market right which we are looking at and it has actually been a game changer for a lot of organizations because uh, the organizations are limited with their it resources right the moment they open the citizen developer framework we have seen a, a jump of 41 to 45% Uh, of non it developers being able to pick up the platform and they are able to contribute uh, towards accelerating the digital transformation journey i understand that uh, you have a variety of unique digital platform product offering in newgen software perhaps you can give us a high level overview for the benefit of our podcast listeners who are not familiar with it definitely edgar definitely to be i'd be more than happy to share about uh, what we do in newgen uh, right um newgen is a enterprise uh, low code platform right looking at unified digital transformation experiences uh, the the product offering we have is newgen 1 which is the most comprehensive low code uh, automation platform 
looking at complex business processes, content services, as well as the communication platform, right? These are the three major ingredients of the uh, uh, platform, what we have and uh, what we have been practicing for our clients, right? So moving on to that, uh, just to double click, it also uh, has some of the advanced capabilities, including case management, uh, process insights, uh, simulation, data extraction, including OCR, ICR, and other uh, uh, extraction techniques so that we are able to make sense out of the content, right? And document capture, robotic process automation, machine learning, and AI models, right? So which are used in content analytics and uh, recommendations for end user. And of course, there is a growing concern around data privacy, right? Where the platform is completely oriented towards uh, privacy requirements, including GDPR and PDPA uh, of respective uh, uh, regions we are working on, right? So uh, this is one of the most comprehensive uh, low-code stack, uh, right? Which allows the uh, citizen developers to be able to pick up the platform quickly and start putting up the use cases and uh, right including the professional developers right the key is enabling both of them to collaborate and ensuring the business values given to the stakeholders yeah. it came to our attention uh, swami that low code approach has some challenges on its software development life cycle how do you think we can mitigate this underlying circumstance yeah, I think uh, some of these challenges uh, are kind of teething issues, right? Uh, traditionally, we have been hardwired to do development in a some uh, hard in a particular fashion, right? Where we go about writing uh, hundreds and thousands of codes, and we we go about doing the compiling part of that. Then there is a release management, right? So all of this includes a kind of a a, a greater extent. There is a manual intervention involved in the complete life cycle, right? But what low-code has challenged is uh, the complete process of uh, what we are doing this, right? So the low-code actually gives you a set of tools. You don't need to go into your IDE and start writing your Java uh, programs and start compiling them uh, because the low-code tool is actually something which is uh, proven, tested for all the kind of vulnerabilities and it has its own guardrails. So that as an end user, I'm able to go there in a simple user-friendly manner, click and insert and create the outcome, right? So I think that is one of the major changes, right? So uh, why we are able to see the software releases are as low as six weeks or eight weeks, right? Where we are able to hit something into production, right? Instead of traditional way where we develop something for one year, during that course of time, some of the requirements might get outdated, right? So we go about redoing the stuff, right? I think that is one of the major uh, uh, challenges. Uh, you know, that's a kind of a mindset shift, right? Where uh, I think a lot of organizations are quickly catching up on this. Uh, uh, you know, it's like you you have a traditional approach as well as a low-code approach. If you, look, if you ask anybody in today's world, they definitely uh, vote for the low-code approach because it is easy to use, easy to maintain, and you have an overall data governance strategy, and it's faster to market, right? So that even if you had to fail fast, you are able to quickly see the results, correct your app, and then you can quickly relaunch it back, right? Instead of waiting for long-term duration. Yeah. Given its uh, potential benefits, how do we address the learning curve on a proprietary low-code tool? Uh, I think this is, uh, uh, initially, this was one of the key challenges, right? Uh, yeah, with the kind of a technology adoption, uh, even, you know, the kids these days, they actually do a lot of work in terms of robotics and coding, app development, right? So it's a kind of a continuous uh, learning journey, right? There is a process of unlearning and uh, uh, learning something new, right? So. Uh, when we look at enterprise customers, we are engaging uh, and also where I'm discussing in many of the engagements, there is a very good intent in terms of learning something new and then trying to uh, give a life to what they have as a mind. Uh, you know, it could be a process, it could be automation use case, it could be a, a, a smaller component which has to go into the larger solution, right? So we definitely uh, see learning curve as something which is quite flat in terms of low code, because uh, 
users are able to pick up in less than a week to two, right? They're able to quickly develop the uh, prototypes and frameworks and forms, right? One of the key advantages is the comprehensive nature of the uh, platform, which we offer at NewGen1, right? That actually enables you to orchestrate uh, process, documentation, reporting, and integrations, right? All of them in a single unified uh, user experience, right? So, so that way, uh, we have seen uh, large clients of us uh, are able to ramp up a team of 150, 200 plus developers, right? These are citizen developers uh, into the stream in less than, what, less than a couple of months, right? So where there is a process of uh, uh, reviewing their pro uh, you know, outcome, training them, and making sure the, the team is up to date in terms of the, the local tool capabilities, it's really the, the key so that you're always on top of it. You're able to quickly roll out processes, right? That's how we have been practicing and we have seen it uh, uh, quite a successful outcome actually, yeah. In terms of integration option, uh, Swami, what are the most logical approach in maneuvering its limitation? Uh, I think uh, enterprises have been doing things in different way, right? Uh, it's again, depending on the maturity model. If you look at uh, banking, you know, the regulators have always been pushy and you know, there are a lot of changes that the banks are uh, kind of always up ahead the curve, right? Or on par with their competition, right? So their ecosystem is kind of, uh, I would say more robust, right? Uh, is including APIs and API gateways and microservices kind of architecture and all of that, right? And if you look at uh, you know a few other industry segments, be it uh, you know certain manufacturing or insurance uh, customers, right? Some of them are still into legacy with MQ and other uh, kind of uh, legacy uh, applications, right? But Locode is something which allows you to plug into any of this in the bottom, right? So you can have your downstream systems running on .NET or a Java or a, a MQ or, you know, mainframe applications, right? API gateway, which could be more robust in nature. But yeah, the application will allow you to connect each of this because low code has become a kind of a, a, a landing page for me, right? So when I go into that, I'd be able to see how many uh, customers have raised a complaint, how many applications are pending. Then I click a button from there. It actually starts communicating with the downstream application could be two-way communication. So wherever uh, this has been a challenge to integrate, we have uh, actually put in robotic automations, right? So that you are able to take data from one way, one application, put it elsewhere and take the response back, right? So I would say uh, integration is this kind of a least of the uh, concerns, but always what we prioritize is the value, right? Let's say if I do one more integration extra, how many steps I can cut down, right? How many fields I can pre-populate? Like, let's say if I'm asking customer to give me 20 fields, can I uh, make it 10? Can I make it five, right? So that I'm able to reduce the customer touch point and able to render the service uh, efficiently and uh, with more speed. Yeah, that, that's been the key, uh, Edgar, you know, for, from an integration perspective, yeah. There has been a lot of debate about application security in low code and no-code app development. Please elaborate on various security controls incorporated within NewGen's low-code platform. Uh, I think, yeah, this is uh, the topmost agenda for, for every uh, CIO today, right? So with the, I think the technology has been so much democratized and users are able to build applications overnight, right? Uh, the aspect of putting in governance around data as well as the application security uh, is one of the key challenges uh, that a lot of CIOs are considering, right? And uh, low-code also addresses that. It uh, doesn't mean you can develop anything and everything, right? So there are multi-layers of control we have. One is on the overall framework of the product itself, right? Which allows you to uh, make sure whatever piece of code you are creating or configuration you are doing is governed by that overall security framework. And then within the application, there are next layers of security in terms of data privacy, data masking, encryption, right? Uh, I think these are uh, to ensure your data model is compliant with data privacy acts of the respective countries, right? 
and of course governance and auditing of the system is very very essential right so i have seen few uh, implementations where there are hundreds of processes automated right so down the line if you really do a audit and see what has been happening on those processes say 50% of them are not even used right some of them are not being efficiently used the moment you run your uh, insights framework it tells you you know no nothing has been done on this process quite some time right so always it's important to take a call on what has to go in because the application can grow bulky and then maintenance and other aspects are also to be thought about right and uh, uh, the the strategy for low code is always uh, to make sure there is something which is always reusable right instead of everybody going and defining their own method of uh, achieving a same outcome right so there is a pretty good uh, uh, area where we can standardize the concepts or integration reusable concepts are there and could be in terms of ui ux and user experience right and then being uh, flowing that down across the enterprises right i think uh, uh, almost uh, we have even put up the security on the container level right so today we are seeing uh, all these deployments are happening on cloud it could be hybrid cloud or native cloud like aws and azure uh, even we are uh, seeing security being put on to containers which are shipped out there right i think security is a, a topmost priority right anything which goes into the application including container the source code uh, or the product source code and penetration testing and uh, you know any of the leakages within the application right all of these are locked so that uh, it's scalable robust and users are able to uh, sleep at peace you know in terms of their data being kept in a safe and secure location yeah do you think that the integration of new age technologies such as machine learning and artificial intelligence is one of the biggest drivers of rapidly increasing adoption of low code platforms by companies around the globe definitely i think uh, this would be the uh, low code has actually created a lot of disruption in the market right and adding more power to low code right ai ml is actually uh, giving a uh, lot of data points and insights back to the users so that they are able to take right decisions and uh, more importantly consistent decisions right so with a given set of facts and figures in place enterprises have got a lot of data in place right uh, these are in two forms both uh, as well as uh, transactional data which is sitting somewhere in your database and it also has a lot of uh, unstructured content right which means that you have a lot of pdfs and images and word documents lying out there these tools we are using in our product stack and these are giving out tremendous results for our customers where it is able to unlock the dark data so that you are able to uh, do the content mining and you can say hey you no know, 20 years before there was a contract with this company and these are the terms we have entered into with this company right so and and you know in investigation and case management uh, kind of use cases the recommendation is something key right so you must have given outcome uh, for a, for a home loan mortgage application 6 uh, months before or one year before right and you would want to remain consistent with all those credit scoring right so even all of that is done through the ai and ml engine uh, i would say this is one of the key uh, building blocks of the low code uh maybe we don't recommend plugging this in day one because all of this works based on the amount of data you have and you can train the model but yeah, if you have some measurable outcomes uh then you can further add this to increase that and make it to the next level right some use cases we don't even uh, recommend putting in ai and ml because uh, it is always based on what is the stakeholder value we can provide uh, to the end users right if it is more internal looking processes Uh, might as well we uh, might look at it as a second choice to plug in ai ml but it's more customer centric maybe i think that would be the first candidate which we can look at how are low code platforms democratizing coding for employees working in technology are low code platforms only meant for citizen developers uh i would say low code uh, platforms uh has not start has started as a uh, you know self service capability right so that you are always not dependent on your it colleagues to do something for you right 
but it actually doesn't mean that it is only a citizen development framework right so whatever uh, the citizen developers can do is uh, anything around configuration right so quickly putting up a screen workflows and defining your data model right because they are the kind of uh, uh, process owners right so today you have product owners and process owners they are able to visualize their uh, customer journeys or their business processes very effectively and that gets translated without anything lost in transit right that's the key value which citizen developers are bringing in but it's always essential to have a collaboration right so we always look at citizen developers and professional it developers working hand in hand to make things happen right so there are few instances where uh, you know some of the engagements are purely dependent on citizen developers yeah if the use cases are pretty straightforward you don't have uh, complex integrations you don't need to touch a bit on the user experience and uh, that extra layer of ui to have a personalization right then i would say definitely citizen developers would be able to do that but it's always a collaboration play because uh, equivalent uh, portion is also being played by the professional developers right in terms of ci cd integrations Uh, as well as uh, you know doing the testing right as, as we discussed earlier the security is one of the key right running performance test and penetration test across this platform making sure it doesn't break and you know it has to scale up and scale down automatically with the modern technology right so there is a equal part between both the citizen developers and professional developers but yeah uh, uh, the approach what we always take is uh, a challenge and collaborate right so you you can st still go ahead and challenge the professional developer and say hey why does it take so many days when i can do it uh, you know in a in hour or a minute right so because you have the tool you have the uh, uh, you know framework with you you are able to do it yourself so that you can really see for yourself what is feasible and what is not feasible and how quickly you can bring value to your stakeholders What are the adaptability ratio that you have observed on the low-code utilization, particularly in the Asia-Pacific region? Uh, so, low-code uh, adaptability is something uh, which is growing pretty high uh, globally as well, right? And uh, also within the Asia-Pacific region, right? So, when we look at uh, out of ten customers, I would say almost six to eight of them, uh, they are considering low code right either they have uh, the low code tools right uh, or they are looking at purchasing the low code platforms right and even the large enterprises they do have a strategy of going for multiple low code products right because you you can't put all your eggs in one basket of course you will have to weigh your uh, use cases and the complexity right right there are low codes which can just do form automation for you there are Uh, local platforms which actually does a end to end uh, framework right like for what we were discussing like newgen 1 right is one of that which gives you more comprehensive uh, experience right uh, it's it's con consistently growing uh, and of course uh, you know with, with the pandemic uh, in place we have uh, seen pandemic being one of the uh, more crucial drivers right where organizations have to go more digital and they are really adopting and it's it's kind of a 30% year on year jump we are looking at on, on low code adoption itself how do you foresee the development of low code open source in the future see low code uh, platform is act continuously being uh, uh, i would say overhauled right so if you see what is there out in the market today is something which is a uh, I'll say which is more advanced version of what was there here a couple of years before, right? So low code as such uh, is kind of uh, it's just completely reinventing itself as a, a product, uh, you know, to make sure the end users are able to get a best experience from the platform, right? Uh, definitely, this is uh, this is there to stay, right? Uh, we have seen this. Uh, there are traditional players who are focusing around processes and automation and they have evolved into low code and that has actually given them a pretty strong footprint in terms of where they started and where they are leading towards right and there are uh, pure low code products 
right which uh, which is there but yeah definitely they are also adding more capabilities right the key is how comprehensive is the platform right so uh, an enabling you to connect multiple enterprise applications and making sure uh, uh, you know it's, it's well governed in terms of uh, data model as well as the application security is concerned right so some of the new areas where low codes are also uh, getting into is ai driven designs right so uh, if you if you have some ideas in mind you are able to uh, put a sketch and then the system is able to you know complete it for you or recommend the components and tools and experience for you right so even during the design phase there is a ai kind of element so ai is something which is being looked at into every bit of thing which end users uh, can do with the application right and in integrating the blockchain right so that's one of the key areas because you have smart contracts being managed these days and uh, connecting them validating these contracts across different entities right these are all the pretty interesting use cases uh, you know which we have been uh, working along yeah given your wealth of experience on this field uh, swami any word of advice that you can give with regards to this subject matter definitely uh, edgar i'd be happy to share a uh, little knowledge of what i have learned uh, experienced uh, you know so far right uh, i would say low code is 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 a is a kind of a means to where you want to go right but yeah uh, again it depends on what is priority for the organization right so uh, there are extremely you know external facing organizations right like a bank right for them uh, what they will have to choose for a customer facing application is experience right so the experience have to be top notch and uh, making sure customers are able to quickly complete their user journey right and uh, there are and of course certain use cases which are internal focused at least uh, my uh, advice would be to see uh, if you are able to put a process and value in front of the users instead of uh, calibrating it too much right because there is no end to that you can fine tune it uh, to the best possible way but yeah uh, if it is, if you feel like it's 60 70% there and you can put it out there and you know get a feedback uh, i think that's something which is very uh, essential so that you don't keep on investing for long term right we have even started seeing uh, results being monitored on a quarterly basis right you can have your own framework to monitor what is happening and also have your prioritization matrix right so in terms of uh, what is the member impact you can create in terms of what is the staff impact member in this case can be anyone external to the organization right and internal is again it is the staff uh, who you would be uh, uh, looking looking to use the platform right so it's it's a kind of a uh, different milestones i would suggest rather right so you, you go about identifying it right so don't uh, shy away from dropping certain ideas if it doesn't uh, make any stakeholder value addition right so go about identifying something and define what you really want to see as outcome and continuously uh, rephrase or uh, you know reinvent in terms of you want to add or remove anything from that bucket and have a lot of discussion with the stakeholders so that if we release actually something you know uh, it it may or may not add value right so the priorities keep changing with the kind of dynamic world we are into so then go about reprioritizing it and evaluate it uh, a couple of options i don't say uh, low code has to be the only tool right but yeah enterprises might have few other tools there could be uh, you have to really see whether a particular process which you are looking at is a candidate which can be put into low code or you might have something else right which you have been practicing right it could be just a form i can take a, a form uh, 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 e form or uh, some other engine to directly put it out there right and continuously uh, calibrating it is something which is essential like i was talking about a use case where we had hundreds of processes automated but i would 30 40 of them they're not even used after you know a couple of years down the line right so these kind of use cases really tells you whether it is long term short term what are the uh, outcomes you are expecting what are the benefits measurable benefits right i think that is one of the key aspects right so create your own scorecard or a, a kind of a balance uh, you know balance scorecard kind of mechanism or you can give a rating on various uh, parameters right which are more internal and external faced 
right i think that would uh, really make sure you are selecting the right candidate and the right tool right the right use case is very essential and then second comes the choice of tool right so low code is, is uh, i would recommend low code has to be there as a choice but yeah if you have something else if low code uh, is something which you uh, do not want to take up because of uh, you know whatever you have as a legacy platform it's pretty fine but yeah this has to be evaluated right so that you have a, a balanced outcome for any of these uh, use cases we are looking to automate very well said are there any digital initiatives that you're working on that you would like to share with our podcast listening audience and what are the easiest way of reaching out or contacting you oh yeah uh, edgar the lot of uh, initiatives uh, we have been uh, working uh, personally uh, i have been looking at a lot of uh, you know use cases which are around uh, corporate life cycle management in terms of customer onboarding offboarding retention uh, strategies for these customers uh, because use cases are the ones which are uh, key and you know that actually keeps you ahead of uh, uh, you know what you have to offer right the platform is one but yeah you have to have use cases on top of it so that it's readily usable uh, for anyone right uh, then we are of course the esg is a segment which is picking up esg governance uh, is something which is quite uh, uh uh important area with a lot of organizations are starting to do audits and other aspects right so that's another area we're looking at the smart contracts and blockchain uh is another segment uh, which we are looking to uh, enhance uh, again the product uh, framework would also have that uh, in place right and uh, yeah we are also further enhancing the platform of course the user experience part is something which has to be continuously Uh, calibrated right so i think that's uh, another initiative we are looking at contracts management is something uh, which is there for quite some time but yeah we are uh, looking at bringing in the smart contracts along with that uh, and make sure uh, the documents are signed digitally right we have also worked on a proof of concept uh, using nft based signing of documents which is non fungible tokens so that again it also leverages blockchain technology but for various use cases right so we have recently been awarded uh, with patents on on the e signing and uh, print control management use cases a lot of exciting stuff uh, we are working on right to strengthen the low code platform itself right so that it's not just a form engine for you uh, yeah as you want you can dig deep right so it also gives you a content services platform uh low code as well as the communication right communication is something we are enriching with uh conversational aspects of it integrating with the uh, bots so that the chatbots can uh, be a feeder for you as well as you can uh, respond through the chatbots right so these are some of the areas where we are strengthening the existing ecosystem of the enterprise right the whole knowledge of this can come from the back end right which is the low code product right and uh Yeah, uh, for reaching out to me, uh, I'm definitely available on LinkedIn. You can use the name uh, Swaminathan Ganesan, right? I'm based in Singapore. Feel free to connect with me. Uh, as well as I'm available on uh, Twitter, right? My handle is uh, Swami underscore TJ S W A M I underscore TJ T for Tango G for Japan. Right? So. I'm available on uh, both these uh, social media threads as well. You can visit newgensoft.com for more details on what we do. I'm happy to connect further for any discussions. Thanks so much, Swami, for sharing us the valuable insights on low-code methodology and the impressive digital product offering of Newgen Software. We wish you great success in the future. Thanks, Lord Edgar. Uh, I think the, it's really great uh, uh, talking uh, in the Fin Circle podcast, and uh, happy to be part of the uh, thing second season. You guys have been doing uh, all the best, and uh, thanks, thanks for the listeners as well.
podcast episode is made possible by Nugent Software Unlock Simple We would like to express our sincere gratitude to Mr. Swaminathan Ganeson on sharing us his insightful views on the critical importance of the low-code approach in our present virtual economy. We would like to hear from you. Share us your thoughts regarding our topics and send us a message on the Anchor Voice message box. Your message could end up on our future podcast episode. Make sure you never miss any episodes of Pen Circle by clicking the subscribe button or follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Amazon Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Audible, Overcast, and Anchor.fm. You can also reach us on our website at pincircle.wordpress.com and our Facebook page at Pincircle Podcast. This concludes our podcast episode today. Thank you for listening on Pincircle. This is Ed Angelus. Let's catch up again soon. Thank you.